Stories, fables, ghostly tales. My name's Adam. If you found my ramblings well, I'm either dead, and if not, probably wishing I was, exiled from the SCP Foundation, or worse. You know how it is. Look, if you've found these good work, <laughs> I've embedded these recordings in between ciphers, but have meticulously coded them. You see, I've figured out how to use the number. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. You're here with me right now, and I'm sort of here with you. Sort of. Look, look. All I know is that some SCPs are locked away, and I'm here to share them. These recordings are just that. Recordings. Maybe. And just maybe you'll find me, or vice versa. But for now, I'm going to share three with you that you would otherwise never hear. Let's see. SCP-036 is the first here, with SCP-037 and, and SCP-038 just around the corner. SCP-036, the reincarnation pilgrimage of the Yazidi, hereon will be referred to as the Pilgrimage. Object Class Safe, Special Containment Procedures. Once every year, a mobile task force is dispatched from Containment Command 02 in to Site 22A to defend the runway and airport located there. The civilian facility is to be cleared of all non-SCP personnel by 0400 hours of September 23rd, and none are allowed to return until sunrise the next day. On October 1, all civilians must be evacuated again before sunrise, and will not be allowed onto the Site 22A until the return of the pilgrimage flight. Pilgrims in transit from the arrival flight, awaiting departure on the pilgrim flight, may only be cross-examined by researchers with level 3 security level clearance or higher. Description: The pilgrimage includes the location, Site 22A, a small airport in the Mosul region in northern Iraq, and Site 22B, the destination of passengers boarding at Site 22A. The key components of the pilgrimage are the arrival flight, a passenger plane that varies in make and model from year to year, that arrives shortly before dawn on September 23rd. It appears on radar about 30 to 40 kilometers away from Site 22A. When it lands, pilgrims exit the plane and enter the terminal. No crew have ever left the plane. Observations have only revealed a masked pilot and co-pilot. This plane leaves quickly after pilgrims exit and does not wait for clearance for takeoff nor does it identify itself upon approach for landing. The pilgrims, people of the Yazidi faith that exit the arrival plane who are said to be undergoing the Kiras Guhorin. Each year they are examined and identified as various peoples of the Yazidi faith that have died during the previous year. This is done through birth certificates, photo IDs, specific knowledge questions, and when possible, fingerprinting. Most have been known to be friendly and amicable, though most are reluctant to give details about the Kiros Guhorin. In the past, all have shown to be unable to recognize family and friends or be able to remember any information beyond what short-term memory would normally allow. 
In the late afternoon of September 23rd, most pilgrims began to emphasize how important it is that their pilgrimage must begin. At that time, they file onto the pilgrimage flight plane and depart, never to be seen again. The Pilgrimage Flight A passenger plane provided by SCP personnel for the transport of the pilgrims. It is manned by a crew of trained Yazidi holy men. The crew are typically never able to elaborate upon details of the pilgrimage or what the Kiras Guhorin actually is. SCP equipment on board function optimally, but recorded data will only slightly increase our understanding of the pilgrimage each year. Though the flight is gone for seven days, the crew and recorded data are only able to account for a few hours. Days are missing from time recording equipment and cameras, though nothing abnormal is ever observed. The plane disappears from radar and visual contact is lost about 50 to 60 kilometers away from Site 22A until it returns about sunrise on October the 1st. Site 22B The destination of the pilgrimage plane. It is a small airport consisting of a runway and single building located at coordinates. It has only been observed by pilgrimage crew and cameras on the plane. It does not appear on satellite images and attempts to reach it on foot have failed once with disastrous results. Cameras have trouble focusing on the area, as the heat from the ground usually causes a mirage-like visual effect on all objects more than a few dozen meters from the plane. A flyover with an SCP reconnaissance plane several weeks before the pilgrimage revealed underdeveloped land and what looked like an ancient stone statue. In the 1990s, SCP Mobile Task Force Sigma-4 attempted to reach Site-22B during the time of the pilgrimage. Upon the approach, communication was lost and the task force was never heard from again. No other exploration attempts are advised during the seven-day pilgrimage. Originally, the Kurdish-speaking Yazidi people around Mosul secretly performed the pilgrimage themselves. Pilgrims from the east were escorted by masked armed guards on camelback into the care of Yazidi holy men. It has been explained that the holy men would then take the pilgrims west to their land of the dead, where the pilgrims would wait to be reborn back into the Yazidi people. The Kiras Guhorin, literally Kurdish for changing garments, is used to describe the belief of reincarnation that lesser souls of the Yazidi people undergo. While this actual pilgrimage was done in secret, a symbolic pilgrimage and Kiras Guhorin are performed every year at this time by other Yazidi. During the 1960s, land acquisition by Kurds and Muslims, attacks by Turks, and punitive laws by the Islamic Iraq government restricted the movement and customs of the Yazidi people. During that time, the Foundation stepped in and offered aid in the way of an advantageous clause that granted SCP planes unrestricted access to airport facilities in the area. Almost immediately, Mysterious planes carrying pilgrims from the east began landing at the local airport, and an elusive airport at the destination appeared as well. This concludes SCP-036, the reincarnation pilgrimage of the Yazidi people. SCP-037, Dwarf Star Object Class, Uslid Special Containment Procedures The Dwarf Star is magnetically contained at Site-32, 
It is housed in a small subterranean room composed of a heat-conducting, radiation-resistant polymer, and evacuated of any atmosphere. Heat from the object is radiated into the surrounding rock. Should the integrity of the enclosure become compromised, the emergency system will generate a low-power argon plasma shield until it is repaired, in the contingency of a access denied. Description The artifact was discovered in 19 above the Balfort Sea, at approximately the North Magnetic Pole. Intense electromagnetic interference was reported by Canadian Forces Station CFS Alert followed by an extremely bright object descending towards the ocean from the sky. The SCPS Guardian responded and discovered the object wavering in an erratic trajectory about 200 meters above the surface of the water. Once containment procedures were devised, it was transported to Site-32 for study. The dwarf star is apparently a star approximately 5 centimeters 2 inches, in diameter, with a luminosity of about 1 times 10 to the power of negative 12 times that of our sun and a surface temperature of about 5000 Kelvin, determined by UBVRI analysis. The age and origin of the dwarf star is unknown, however, its nuclear activity is being carefully monitored by irregularities. Spectral analysis and comparison to known celestial bodies suggest that it is a typical star, other than its uncharacteristic size, that is quickly undergoing the transition to a red giant though it is unknown if established theories of star formation and aging apply. It is thought to have entered the Earth's magnetosphere via the North Magnetic Pole. Containment and transport of the dwarf star have been achieved by the use of powerful electromagnets, to which the artifact aligns itself according to its own magnetic field. The primary challenge to containment thus far has been its powerful electromagnetic emissions which are intense enough to be easily seen by the naked eye from high Earth orbit. Its current enclosure is located deep underground to prevent detection and to facilitate radiative cooling in the surrounding bedrock. In effect, the entire facility and the surrounding volume of the Earth's crust act as a massive heatsink. Over years of study, the star has undergone a shift in emitted EM radiation suggesting that it is undergoing stellar evolution at a vastly accelerated rate. If standard stellar models hold up, this will soon result in an increase in radius by a factor of 100 to 300 times, and a concomitant increase in radiated energy. Emergency containment contingencies are being studied for that eventuality. Further progression of the star's life cycle will likely terminate in a stellar nova, which is estimated to have a yield of Extrapolations predict this to occur in Research is underway for a method to arrest this development or to transport the dwarf star a safe distance from the planet before it occurs. And this concludes SCP-037, The Dwarf Star. SCP-038, The Everything Tree. Here onwards will be referred to as The Tree. Object Class, Safe. Special Containment Procedures. The tree is to be watered twice per day via overhead mister. Should the mister break for any reason, attendants should water the tree by hand until it has been fixed. Lighting is provided by computer-controlled lighting arrays. Attendants watering the tree by hand and maintenance personnel fixing misters or lighting should wear hazmat suits to prevent accidental cloning. 
Description The tree was found on an abandoned farm in New York in 19... It was at first thought to be a common apple tree. However, upon closer inspection, it became apparent that the tree was growing things other than apples and, in fact, other than fruit. The tree has the ability to clone any object that touches its bark. Objects begin growing almost instantaneously and reach maturity within a matter of minutes. A weight limit of 90.9 kilograms, 200 pounds, per object has been previously recorded. Objects that the tree has thus far cloned include apples, oranges, watermelons, eggplants, candy bars, snack foods, see addendum number one, televisions, toasters, laptops, keys, see addendum number two, chairs, wine, DVDs, CDs, see addendum number three, cats, dogs, and people. Human and animal cloning through the tree is not recommended, as they appear to age quickly. The majority of these clones live, on average, two weeks. After thorough examination of the deceased clones, it has been determined that they had begun to ferment before death. Object is currently held on Site-23, and there are currently no plans to move it. Addendum 1 Dr. Klein has requested that personnel discontinue the cloning of items from the vending machines. See document 338-1. Addendum number 2 Dr. Klein has requested that personnel discontinue the cloning of personal items. See document 338-1. Addendum number 3. Dr. Klein has requested that personnel discontinue the cloning of movies and music. See document 338-1. Addendum number 4. Dr. Klein has requested that personnel discontinue the cloning of cans of Miller, Budweiser, and Foster's. Dr. Klein has furthermore expressed customary disapproval of the quality of such cloned items. See document 338-1b. Document 338-1. I would like to remind all personnel that SCP-038 is not, I repeat, not a toy. It should not be used for cloning car keys, movies, music, or items from the vending machines. If this behavior continues, I will be forced to limit access to the tree. Dr. Klein. It has been noted that the tree is able to clone SCP-500. However, such pills only work 30% of the time, with chance of successful healing dropping as time since cloned increases. In 60% of the cases where the infection is permanent, symptoms of infection remain, though further infection is neutralized. The tree, partial testing log, Select experiments only. For full test records and reports, contact affiliated researchers for authorization. Date 11th of the 8th. Intent. Confirmation of mass limit. Investigation into consequences of exceeding limit. Summary of test results. 400 pounds steel ingot made contact with the outer bark of the tree. Chamber vacated as a precaution. Cloned ingot grew at a typical speed, but growth halted abruptly before completion. Examination of the end of the aborted facsimile revealed a rough texture, superficially resembling miniature-scale tree bark. Item detached from the tree as typical, and was subsequently found to weigh 90.91 kilograms, or almost precisely, 200 pounds. Date the 11th of the 8th. Intent. Investigation into duplication of non-biological animate matter. Summary of test results. 
SCP-173 deemed a suitable test subject because of its lack of verifiable life processes introduced into containment chamber by Class D personnel. Contact made with the outer bark of the tree, and SCP-173 returned immediately to containment. SCP-173 facsimile began development at typical speed, beginning at point of contact. As consistent with previous results, growth halted at the 200-pound threshold. In this case, terminating development after replication of the head, right arm, and partial upper torso. Class D test subject was ordered to break eye contact with the clone. When test subject eventually blinked, no movement was observed in cloned material. Extinguishing and re-establishment of containment chamber light supply revealed no apparent reaction from cloned material. Experiment concluded. During storage of cloned portion of SCP-173, it was observed that the partial facsimile was in fact making violent gestures at a dramatically slower rate. Movement was shown to continue regardless of state of observation. And this concludes SCP-038, The Everything Tree. Ugh, my head. Now this is really suspicious, right? I'm a recording, right? <laughs> well, let's just say the number has a way of bringing things to life. For now, I think I might stop. Stop. Let's not get carried away. And when you open up another SCP, be careful. You know what they say about staring into the abyss, right? And this concludes today's episode. I hope you're having a great Monday morning or devilishly creepy night, and just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And this week I'll be taking time to do some more creepypastas, some more fan stories, and some more SCPs if I can squeeze them in. So stick with me tomorrow for some more tales. And as always, till next time.